You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, have you ever wondered how I generate thousands of inbound leads per year using LinkedIn? Well, this episode is sponsored by my guide, The Ultimate Guide to Generating Inbound Leads with LinkedIn. This is the definitive guide on how to consistently generate inbound leads using LinkedIn and social selling. So if you want a copy of that guide, just send a text to 44222 with the word L-I guide, all one word, L-I guide to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Jeff Lerner. He started his career as a jazz musician back in 2008 while learning about online businesses. Since then, he went on to generate tens of millions of dollars in online sales, built a real estate investment company, founded a two-time Inc. 500 digital agency, sold that agency, and then launched Entre Institute, which is what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you, Dennis. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Interesting. You have taken, just to kind of frame this for everybody, you took a true startup, which is Entre Institute, right? And you went from zero to over 3 million a month in less than 18 months. So for those of you that are curious, if that might be something you might want to do or some facsimile of that, right? We're here today to give you kind of like a little bit of a framework or maybe a blueprint on how Jeff did that. Now, of course, we got a limited amount of time. So take some notes. And then at the end of this, I'm sure Jeff is going to share some information where you might be able to take with you. But before we dive into that, Jeff, give us a really quick backstory on kind of, you know, why you became an entrepreneur, why you decided to pivot into this entrepreneur institute, and then we'll wrap it and then we'll keep going. Sure. Appreciate, again, the opportunity to share a couple things. Yeah. So as far as how I became an entrepreneur, we'd have to uh, run that query up the flagpole to God or the creator or whoever, however I got here, because I've, from day one, I've been pretty incompatible with, you know, the mainstream cookie cutter life. And I had a job for all of three weeks when I was 16, which was just long enough to figure out how true that was, that it was never going to work for me to report someone else. And so really, as a result of that, that's why I became a musician. You know, I became a, a pianist, professional, I decided I was going to be a professional piano player in 1990, I don't know, five, when I was 16 years old right after I had that job, I was like, I got to do something, man, to get paid and have some freedom in this world. What am I good at? And I knew I was a decent musician. I played guitar when I was younger. And so I literally dropped out of high school and just spent three years teaching myself to play the piano eight, 10 hours a day. I mean, I played until my hands ached so bad I, I couldn't hold a pen. And, you know, by 20, I was gigging professionally. I managed to get my way into college, even though I didn't finish high school and ended up graduating with a degree in jazz piano performance and music composition, and I minored in business finance, but that took 10 years. I mean, I was gigging and playing six to 10 gigs a week for the better part of a decade all through my 20s, but I was always also starting businesses. I grew up with, you know, successful parents, hardworking parents. My mom was an attorney. My dad was a money manager. So, like, I saw what hard work and smart work look like when they're not treated as an either or, but they just, you do both. I got to see that from two different parents. So I was like, I want 
I want a great life. I want prosperity. I want success. Only I hate authority. So what am I going to do? And I did the music thing and it was tons of fun. I love being creative and, and connecting with people. But I was always starting businesses through my 20s. I'll, I'll be super fast for, on fast forward through the story. But by the end of my 20s, I had failed at 10 different businesses. The final one was I got way in over my head on these franchise restaurants that I never should have gotten the loans for in the first place. But it was 2006 when I applied for the loans. And I'm sure you remember the world and the way banks were in 2006. They would give 20-something jazz musicians hundreds of thousands of dollars of noose to go hang themselves with. And the world kind of collapsed in 2007, 2008. I was left holding the bag. I had a, a total of $495,000 in personally guaranteed debt between the banks, the, some governmental tax-related organizations and so forth, and some landlords. And that's what I went online, started with affiliate marketing, did that for about five years. Then I started my digital agency, sold that two years ago. And that's when I realized man, I've seen the best of times and the worst of times. And I, I figured out a few things about what works and I'm going to go teach the world. And that's what I've been doing since 2018. Yeah. So you decided to launch Entra Institute. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, give us an elevated version of what exactly is Entra Institute. Yeah. So Entra Institute is my existential crisis turned into a business, turned into a true mission and calling. I, uh, September, 2018, I sold my agency. I had some cash. I'm just sitting there like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm almost 40. The last 10 years have been as good to me as the previous 10 years were hard on me. What do I have to say? What do I have to teach? And I actually, I didn't really set out to like, I'm going to establish an institute and I'm going to be the Harvard of entrepreneurial education. Or It was nothing like that. It was like, I actually started under this brand I came up with just called School of Awesome, where I was like, I'm just going to create videos that teach people how to have an awesome life, right? And I started putting all these videos out and I did, it wasn't like, quite as whimsical as I'm describing it. There was some strategy to it. I knew that if, you know, I knew that in the modern world, I've learned enough about marketing. It says to say, if you don't get crystal clear on who your audience is, what they want, how you can serve them, who they think you are, who you need to show up as in order to serve them, and how, what sort of character or message you need to create in order to have really unique clarity and uniqueness in the market, then none of your good intentions matter, right? Or your bad intentions for that matter whatever your intentions are, they don't matter unless you can get traction. So I took this strategy partly because I had some time and partly because it seemed like a unique experiment to say, I'm going to start with this kind of shotgun content approach. And I started putting out all these videos and, and it also allowed me to scratch the itch of just wanting to create all this content and share all this stuff that I'd learned. And I started putting all these videos out to the internet about like, here's how I lost 40 pounds. Here's how I improved communication with my wife. Here's how I built a, a sales funnel that made $10 million and won me an eight-figure award. Here's how I, you know, did this. Here's how I did that. And I, I put out hundreds of videos. I, I did it, like, I was doing one or two videos a day for almost a year. And through that, I was able to create this, and not only that, I wasn't just creating the videos. I was actually spending some money to boost them in front of cold audiences because, frankly, the least interesting opinions to me are the opinions of my friends and people I already know. It's like, what does the market think? So I was forcing my content out in front of people that had never met me before. And through that, I got, you know, along with the expected amount of hate and trolling, I got some amazing feedback and some amazing intelligence on what people really want. And of all the things that I have to share, what is it that people are really resonating with and that they want more of from me? So then June of last year, which was roughly 17 months ago, I felt like I had the confidence and the clarity to actually create an offer 
that would hit the bullseye of the conversation I was already having with the market. And that was the big, you know, pre-launch steroid injection that I, I built off of that's allowed me to scale so fast. And so then I, uh, yeah, I created a course called the Entre Blueprint that hits, I know hits the nose head on of the conversation that people want and need to have. And uh, we've kind of built everything on the back of that. Got it. So let's pull that apart there because you glossed over it because it's something that you've done. And, but most people don't understand the intricacies or the, or the exact reasons why you did it, let alone how you did it. Right. So one of the things that I think, you know, in our pre-interview, you mentioned that I think was really important is you spent a, a good year, right? Just number one, building a bit of an audience and creating some awareness that you were out there. But number two, finding out and getting crystal clear on what that audience expected and wanted from you and what value you could provide. And you talked about that in the content component in those one or two videos a day you were putting out and boosting. Why did you decide to do that? What was that? that why was that just intuition? Had you modeled that off somebody else? What was your thought process there? Yeah, no, it was. It was, let's call it uh, an informed intuition. My intuition said that the, the problem that we have now isn't value. I mean, assuming your intentions are good and you're willing to work and you've got enough experience to have something worth saying, it's not about, I mean, the world is full right now of people that have this amazing ideas and value and insights and hacks and tricks that I've never come up with in a million years. But the struggle is to get attention, to get traction, right? And so I took the approach of saying, let me start with the attention. And I was kind of model. There was a guy that really tipped, tipped the hand to me that this isn't just a, a logical conclusion. This is really the right way to go. And he's a genius marketer. You probably, I'm sure you're well familiar with him. His name's Frank Kern. And in 2018, he was doing what he called intent-based branding, where he was basically saying the same thing to the market. And I, I hope that I really get to sit down with Frank someday and tell him, how grateful I am that he confirmed my theory at just the right time. Because one thing I, I know people who know Frank and like, he's not a really, ex, he's not an extroverted guy. He's like the most non extroverted guy there is. So if Frank Hearn is, is going out on social media, which to his own telling, he resisted for years because he thought it was just a waste of time. He's going on social media telling businesses, hey businesses, not only is this what you need to do, but I'm showing you what you need to do by virtue of the fact that I'm doing it and I'm not comfortable doing it, but I'm doing it because it's what you need to do. And in his case, he was saying, and if you want help doing it, you can hire me and I'll teach you how to do it or I'll help you do it with an agent, with a, a service product. But anyway, I just read that and I was like, yep, okay, that's what I need to do. And so I, again, I started making tons of videos and I don't know how much you want me to get into the mechanics of it, but here's the economic linchpin of the strategy is it's a whole lot less expensive to get eyeballs on your stuff than to get conversions or sales from your stuff, right? So if you're going to be trying to build awareness, only pay for awareness. Don't be trying to pay for awareness and opt-ins and conversions and all this stuff because attaching an offer to your content makes it 10 times more expensive to promote because it's sales content and people, don't, people resist it, right? But if you're just putting out a video that's like, hey, Here's how I, I taught myself to do a skateboard trick at 40 years old without, you know, risking life and limb or whatever, some random thing. People will watch that, right? And you can pay, you know, a penny, two pennies per view to get people to watch it. And on Facebook, in my case, I spent over the course of a year, I spent about $25,000 getting roughly 2 million people to watch my video. So that meant that when I actually had a product to sell, I had 2 million people I could go market my product to via audiences that I had created. 
that already, at least already had some familiarity with me and I didn't have to pay the tax on overcoming anonymity when I promoted myself to them. I'd already done that first and I could at least have a conversation with a person that knew who they were talking to. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. That, that's an interesting distinction of focusing on awareness versus conversion because you hit the nail on the head. I mean, as soon as you put click here or opt in here or buy here, you know, your conversion goes way down, right? And your cost goes way up because Facebook yep. and all these ad networks realize, you know, that people are, are, there's, when the conversion goes down, your cost goes up. When you're, if somebody views your video and you're just looking for awareness, they can tell how much of the video people are watching. And then obviously based on the value of your content, the quality of your and, content, the messaging, I think that's going to obviously resonate. And let me color the term awareness. I know I said awareness, but what you're really after is engagement. So it's awareness where the call to action isn't click below to watch my, get my book or watch my sales pitch or whatever. It's, you know, let me know in the comments below if you have any questions or any value I can add for you or what you think about that idea that I presented. Because then you're actually creating what the social platforms want, which is engagement with their content and a more captive audience, which they're going to reward you with still more exposure at lower costs as opposed to fighting you in the other direction. Yeah, that seeds the virality, right? When people like, comment, and share, obviously that's staying on the platform as well, which is obviously what all the platforms want, right? They don't right. want you to click off. So no, I think that's brilliant. You spent, and $25,000 may seem like a lot of money to people, but it's really not in the big scheme of things. I mean, you could have wasted hundreds of thousands on the back end had you not spent that 25000 on the front end. When you know the value of an audience, I mean, I, I spent most of my career as an affiliate marketer and this was 10 years ago. So all the prices were cheaper then. And I still used to spend anywhere from 2 to $5 just to get a, a name onto my email list. So if I built an audience, a retargetable audience that had some warmth with me that frankly is going to, at least I know they're going to see the content. If I tell Facebook I want to reach them, they'll see it. Whereas an email, the best I'm going to get is 20, 25% open rates, even once I paid to establish the list. You know, if I'm putting 22 million people on my quote list, or at least in my world for $25,000, that's 1.25 cents per viewer acquisition compared to two to $5 for an email address where only 25% are ever going to open them at the best. I'll take that deal all day long. Yeah. And eventually you're going to get the email anyway, right? Because now you come up with an offer, you come up with other offers. Yeah, from, the ones that, from the ones that you actually want it from in the first place, only now they're not going to be giving you their spam email that they send all their marketing offers to, they're going to be giving you the real email because they've already decided they know you and like you and they actually are interested in what you're going to send them. Right. So these videos that you did where there was no offer, it was just pure content and pure value. You know, you pixeled those, right? You put those into a pixel bucket or to some retargeting bucket and then you made just to those people. So that was cold traffic, right? And then you started using that traffic, which is now warm and that's where you started making your offers. So I mean, you see a lot of marketers doing this. And, and I, I'm glad you mentioned Frank Kern because I think he's brilliant. I've been following him for years. Super sharp guy, great personality. Like you said, he's introverted, but he's, he's funny and witty and just a really cool guy. I, I highly recommend anybody who's serious about marketing to check out his stuff because he's brilliant. But yeah, so that was kind of step number one. You, you kind of seeded your audience. You qualified what they were looking for based upon the content. And then from there, what what did you do next? What was the next step? I mean, you, you talked about that Entre Blueprint. You created a product from that. Why don't you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So my takeaway from, let's call it my year of, my year in the field, right? Of, of putting out content, answering comments on social, fielding direct messages, creating engagement, building this, 
you know, pre-tribal awareness, let's call it. My takeaway from that is that people are sick of the typical rented Lamborghini, you know, drone footage, make money online guru craziness, right? Which I am too. It, it kind of makes me a little bit queasy when I see it. And especially having been on, you know, in my world as long as I have, like I know every trick in the book and I, they all smell the same to me. And so when I created the Entre Blueprint, I really didn't create a course on like, here's how to make a million dollars online in 90 days or whatever all the nonsense out there. It was like, here's my blueprint for how to become, first of all, just become a person that even deserves to make that much money, right? Like what you get from the world is just essentially a democratic vote on the value that you gave to the world. And so if you're not, if you don't like what you're getting paid, realize that means that the world doesn't like what you're giving them, at least not at the level that you want them to value it. And so it's how to become this person, how to develop yourself with excellence and character and communication skill and intellectual, you know, obviously there's some knowledge that you have to acquire, but it's a lot more than that. And I got deep into a lot of stuff. I went into history. I went into exploring how great men became great men. I told personal stuff about how I got better at communication and was able to improve my relationship with my wife and become a better father. And it was, you know, it's kind of like if Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson and Grant Cardone and Tim Ferriss all got together and birthed like a, a little baby course, what would that, what would be in that course? That's kind of what the Entre Blueprint was. Love it. And that was your initial offer. That was kind of like what you surmised from that year. You said, I boiled it down to this. This is what they're looking for. This is the value I can provide. So you put that offer out. And then what did you do from there? I mean, I think you mentioned you talked about making that offer back to that audience that you had already created some awareness with. Were you using mainly Facebook or YouTube, Google? What were you doing? Yeah, from an initial advertising strategy, I really focused on Facebook because that's where I had built my pixeled audience. I mean, I just, I had the retargetability there. Now I do, I run equally on, you know, kind of all the big platforms, mostly Facebook and Google properties because that's just how the ecosystem is. But yeah, I focused initially on Facebook just because that's where I put my content out. And, you know, I would say still, I think they offer the best ability to convert content into audience, into targeting, into, you know, backend tracking and so forth. Gotcha. Okay. So from there, you made that offer. That was kind of what, what you talked about a little earlier, which is kind of like a tripwire, which is your initial product to get people into your ecosystem and into your world. And then from there, how did you ramp up? I mean, I, that was a, did you say that was a $39 product? Yes. I mean, it's very hard to scale up a $3 million a month business on a $39 product. We all know that, right? Maybe if it's a recurring monthly revenue, you might be able to do that. But if it's a one-time offer, which I think is what the Entrepreneur Blueprint is, how did you scale it from there? What's on the back end of this? I know the front end is critically important. And I know you attribute that to most of your success is taking that year and that time, whether it be a month or six months or a year, whatever it is, and doing that investment up front. But on the back end, what does that look like? Yeah. So it's always asking, okay, well, what more can I do? What more can I give? How more can I serve? And what more do people want? So they're coming into the Entre Blueprint. And here's the thing. I, you know, yes, this was a startup, but I've also got the benefit of 10 years experience in the digital marketing trenches. And I've, you know, prior to launching Entre, I'd done over $40 million in online sales. So like, I kind of know how this stuff works. So I already was anticipating where people were want to go, where we're going to want to go with this. So right after I, it took me a week to create the Entre Blueprint. I locked myself in the salon suite at the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas with me and a camera for a week. And I emerged with this course, right? Edited it myself. The first version, I did everything myself and it took a week and I came out with this course. But as soon as I started putting that out to market, 
I immediately was like, okay, people are going to come into this and they're going to see the vision. The idea of this course was to really help them see the vision of what's possible in the modern world for their life and at least have a, a framework and a trajectory of kind of how to grow into that. But you know people are going to want to go, well, okay, that's great. Where do I take this? I, I love it. I see my life. I see myself home playing with my kids or taking my family hiking or being able to spend more time serving in my church or, and just, or just not worrying about money. Like I see that. What do I actually do? So I got together some friends of mine because I knew I didn't have time to do it. And frankly, because I feel like there were reasons why I thought they could do it better than me. I got some friends of mine together who are expert marketers in very specific you know, categories online, right? Like a guy who's built a, a multi-million dollar digital agency working from home using just two VAs in the Philippines. And you know, he skis and runs triathlons most of his time, but he still makes millions of dollars working from home doing that, right? I brought in another guy who's a you know, top affiliate marketer in seven different verticals. I brought in another guy and so on and so forth, right? There's a few of these different business models that you see online. And I had them get to work creating courses with my involvement and kind of strategic direction. And we created courses on these different business models that, you know, sure enough, people come out the other side of the Entre Blueprint, which is only a seven module course. I mean, it only takes about a week. And they're like, okay, okay, how can I get more serious? How can I go deeper? And by the time they were asking that question, we were ready to answer. We had a few, you know, pathway specific courses to sell that are called our business accelerator courses. And uh, that became the first mid ticket product in our stack. We, they range from two to $4,000. And uh, we started selling those too. Great. So you went into a little bit more high ticket from there, honed in on that, the specific verticals and the specific strategies that you've seen people use to leverage and grow an online business whether you've used them or other people have used them. No, and they are. Those, I only teach the things that I've done myself. I've been doing this for over a decade. So I've had some experience and I won't teach anything that I haven't vetted with my own results. Gotcha. So that involved like things like affiliate marketing, probably paid ads in different formats. What are some of the other key components or key channels? Yeah, paid ads. I mean, I sold a digital agency, an Inc. 5000 digital agency, right? So like I know how to start by calling a plumber and saying, hey, would you like to get more calls? Let me help you get into the Google three pack and how to scale that from the very first phone call into a business that services, you know, over 10,000 small and mid-sized businesses in two countries over six years, right? Like, how did I do that? What does it take? And so I taught that business model. Obviously I teach course creation. I know how to create a launch a digital course. We teach content marketing. We teach social media influence. We teach a lot of paid traffic emphasis, you know, how to build funnels, kind of all the all the pieces that fit together in the digital world now. Love it. All right, listen, is there anything else you want to add? Because I know that we spent a lot on the front end, a lot of time on that front end, that discovery process, that awareness process, that process you talked about with creating content. And I know there's a ton more we could dive into here. I mean, there's just a lot of different moving parts from going from true startup to, you know, 3 million a month in sales, right? You've given a little bit of a framework. Is there anything else you'd want to share for the audience? We got a couple rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap it up on the back end. Yeah, I'm going to say this. I've been, I've been really obsessed with this idea lately. And I think I've always been obsessed with it. I've just got a new fun vocabulary word to apply to it, which is like, look, if you want to really, really scale and, and do big things in this world, which, you know, good on you if you do, by the way, because a lot of people are just scared to think big and play big. You've got to like spend, it's kind of the sharpening your saw idea of like, you know, if you got five hours cut down a tree, spend four hours sharpening your saw, right? If you've got five years to grow a $10 million business, spend 80% of your time working on yourself. And everybody's so eager to get into the business. And, and it sounds like a cliche. It sounds like a, 
you know, a, a rah-rah speech for a seminar, but like you've got to be the most special thing in your business. And that's hard. You've got to, you know, stand for something. You've got to take a position. You've got to galvanize people. You've got to attract people. You've got to be, when nobody's ever heard of your business, they'll still pay attention to you if you're worth paying attention to. And so I've really honed in on this term lately, which is called qualia, Q-U-A-L-I-A. And, you know, we all think quantitatively and we think qualitatively. I've started thinking qualitatively. And qualia, you can like, there's some fun videos on YouTube about it. But if I said to you, like, you know, what does chocolate taste like? Tell me, like, like, why do you like chocolate so much? Like, you can't really explain it to someone that doesn't love chocolate, how the body converts, you know, our, our gustatory and olfactory lobes and nodes and taste buds. And like, how do we convert it into this experience that people just, people use, I asked someone on a call earlier and there, there was people, the two most common words that people use when I ask them to describe chocolate, are sex and heaven. <laughs> what? So basically, you're telling me chocolate is like magic. Like, and so you've got to develop your qualia in this world. You've got to be, people got to love you or not understand you the same way people love or don't understand the love of chocolate. When you get that right, you can scale the shit out of anything you want. Wow, great advice. Awesome. Listen, two rapid fire questions and we're going to wrap it up for today. What's your favorite growth tool or app or SaaS product? Something that you use in your business. You're a digital marketer. You probably got tons of tools, but if you had to point to one, what would it be? Oh man, I wish, we were, I wish you were asking me this two months from now because we've got a tool we're about to launch that I would, it would be my easy answer. But honestly- And I probably, I probably wouldn't let you off that easy on your no, own. No, that's fair. Honestly, <laughs> I'm going to give a really underwhelming answer. It's your cell phone. It's the simple fact that you can create a video, like in the next five minutes, you can have a video online that's getting you actionable feedback from your, your market or your potential market. Screw all the tricks and tools and hacks and SaaS and fancy whatevers. Start putting yourself out there, leveraging a tool that you've already got in your pocket. Love it. No, that's great. It's awesome. It's great advice because people don't, they really don't leverage that tool to the max, especially when you're talking about you know, creating content. I mean, it's just yeah, such I made, an easy. I made 400 videos on my cell phone in one year. And it's the reason I have a business that's breaking all kinds of land speed records. There you go. Listen up, guys. Pay attention. All right. And what would be one book that you would recommend? Something that maybe has helped you along in your journey or you think might help them? I know there's Influen a lot, but if you had to pick one. No, there's so many. But I mean, Influence by Robert Cialdini is probably the one that I reference the most. Because if I'm not using one of those six principles of persuasion all the time, I'm not getting done what I need to get done. Perfect. Well, listen, Jeff, I really appreciate you being here. Congrats on all your success. Let everybody know how they can learn more about Entre Institute, connect with you, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah. If people just go to millionairesecrets.com forward slash Dennis B, it's a little landing page we put together just for this episode. They can get my free ebook. It's a simple short download. It's like 20 pages long. You'll have it read in a half hour called The Millionaire Shortcut. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is a, a big emphasis for me now. I've got probably close to 500 videos on there. My goal is to make my YouTube channel more valuable than a Harvard education with no price tag. And uh, I'm well on my way. So check that out. And you can subscribe to my podcast as well, Millionaire Secrets. So go to millionairesecrets.com forward slash Dennis B. Perfect. And we'll make sure we put that link in the show notes. Really appreciate you being here again. Congrats on all your success. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Dennis. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.